We're back to the Neil Haley Show in the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program Joe Menuso of NBC Chicago Fire. Joe, thanks for calling. And how are you holding up with the whole coronavirus? I, I hope everyone in the family's good and everything. But uh, how are you dealing with this? Like, I think it's like day 21 of living pretty much in home. First of all, uh, for having me, Neil, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here, um, and I'm so happy that I, we have a chance to talk. Uh, but you know, we are definitely uh, we're staying safe. We're keeping indoors. We're um, we're making sure to kind of limit the amount of time we spend outside and where we go. I'm getting up really early to go to the supermarket at like six in the morning. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, we're doing well. Uh, I, I'm I'm lucky. I have I have a comfortable home, and as it is, I love being a homebody. So. Uh, uh, I, I find ways to keep myself busy uh, and just, you know, doing our part. Exactly, doing our part, and that's the important thing, again, to uh, social distancing, such an important thing. But uh, is did you ever think that grocery store shopping would be fun again? It never was a fun for me, but now I like venturing out because it's my time to kind of venture out when I go, go grocery shopping. It's really funny. Uh, my wife absolutely uh, is the one that usually does the grocery shopping here. Um, but the last couple of weeks, I've been like, you know what, honey, I'll take care of it. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll make the sacrifice. Um, and really, it's just because it's something outside of the house, you know, just an opportunity to kind of go be outside in the world. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like it's a, you, you, it's funny how this has made us look at everything uh, with a little bit more appreciation, you know, and how really easy we have things here um and so to have to kind of pull back a little bit and get to see you know um uh, uh what we can be grateful for i think is uh, is really important so at least there's that silver lining uh, there's definitely that silver lining i guess we do see things that we appreciate more but we also cannot wait to things get back normal but it's great again uh, again, Chicago Fire. Tell us specifically how your character is developing leading into April 8th again, tomorrow night again, uh, back on the air, new episodes of Chicago Fire. Without spoiling things, because I know so many people I talk to on a regular basis that, you know, come back and stream it later. You know, that's the change, the challenges of the days when we used to promote what's coming the next episode. People are always binge watching things. Uh, yes. That's so true. You know, it's funny uh, during since we have so much time at home and we're looking forward to binge watching stuff. What I seem to have uh, gravitated to more are things that aren't available uh, to binge. It's the stuff that is new that's airing every week. Um, And there's something sort of to the idea of I only get this one and then I get I have to wait. The anticipation is so. I think uh, it's so much fun, especially right now, something to look forward to. Uh, and I think the fact that episodic television is still around is what I've been really gravitating towards. And so, of course, we are an episodic show. And I think uh, we are very good at kind of building up suspense and building up uh, anticipation in our show. So, And we do it from episode to episode and from week to week. Uh, so that's, for me, what's fun about being a member of an episodic series, really. Uh, yeah. So what do you say, without spoiling things, how your character's developing, just your personal character? I think that's a great way to look at things with an episodic show, just how you've seen yourself develop. 
Well, that's, I think, in general, what's been so fascinating about doing this as long as we've been doing it. You know, uh, eight years in, first of all, as an actor, you rarely expect to have that kind of luxury uh, to be able to have a job that long and sit with a character this long. Uh, and I think when Derek and I, for example, were talking at the beginning of this season, he talked a lot about the journey of the character going uh, from uh, a tragedy to uh, a moment of joy over the course of the season. And, and, and that was a really interesting narrative to follow uh, because to, to, to begin with something that was so uh, heartbreaking and kind of try to build yourself up uh, in the, uh, over the course of uh, 20 episodes until you get to a wedding where you finally get to really enjoy a moment of actual happiness uh, has been so much fun to play and finding the the layers and trying to figure out ways to still honor Otis uh, and make sure that he's with us all of the time. I think that's what they did best this season is he was such a constant thread for so many people on the show. And I think that just shows how much we are a show about family and how each other's lives uh, so affect the other person. Absolutely. And you feel that even each year, your character changes in so many ways and learns from different things that have happened. Uh, certain uh, experiences, crisis, different relationships. It always just kind of develops. And you look at uh, your fans, I'm sure, also in that process of how you develop that character. Well, and that's, I think, the, and that's, I think, the fun of being a part of uh, not only a a show like this, but a universe like this, because we've been able to expand stories so much uh, on our shows and, and between the other two, that it really gives us an opportunity to give the world such a broad view of characters and such a broad view of storylines uh, that it just, I think it's, you know, one of the keys to our longevity and why Dick Wolf is so renowned and his shows last so long is because he's able to uh, focus uh, uh, the potential of so many different stories in such a microscope uh, of a show. It's really it, it, it's it's special to be on a Dick Wolf show, uh, and we're we're very lucky actors. Absolutely, um, and that's you get that opportunity. You say, "Wow, how about that?" And then again, Chicago. How are you feeling about the city of Chicago right now? What they're going through, as the whole world's going through, but thinking exactly Absolutely. about Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm a, I was born and raised in New York, so I can't help but feel for um, the heart of that city. Uh, it's, uh, it's unbelievable the, uh, the epidemic, the crisis that they're dealing with right now. But um, every day, uh, I see um, Illinois kind of going down on the list of cases, and I'm hoping that that becomes a trend. Uh, this is such a wonderful, vibrant city, and there's such wonderful people. And, you know, as I look out my windows right now, uh, it is a very quiet day, and it happens to be the warmest day of, this, of the year so far here in Chicago. Uh, it's going to reach up to 70 degrees, and people are still kind of, I think, practicing social distancing pretty responsibly, uh, and I, that, that gives me great heart because... Uh, it's a big city. There's a lot of people. It could be a lot worse. So I'm, I'm, I feel like we're lucky uh, that people are taking this as seriously as they are. Practice social distancing, practice social distancing, especially for businesses, people like ourselves having to kind of change our environment. Don't ruin it for the rest of us so that we all can be back to work 
in three months or less. Let's hope. I'm hoping again, let's shoot for, you know, June or July or latest August, but let's get through this so that we can get back to normal, but enjoy these changes because then you can, I guess, cherish things more. That's for sure. And everyone needs to tune in again, NBC.com for Chicago fire. And you can also connect with you. Where's the best place we can connect with you on social. I'm sure you're jumping on social more because of practicing social distancing, right? Uh, Absolutely. 100%. You cannot. um, It's actually proven to be uh, a really great source of uh, quick bites of news um, just to try and get some uh, sense of what's happening in the world without being overwhelmed by it. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Mino Show, D A Mino Show, and uh, Instagram at Joe Minoso. And uh, also, I'll be doing a uh, Twitter takeover for uh, the show t- tomorrow live. So if you can join me at Wolf Films for that Twitter takeover, I think we're, I have some really interesting videos uh, from what's been going on at home for some of our cast members. So I think you'll enjoy those. Well, Joe, we'll definitely tune in. Thanks for calling and uh, stay safe. And hopefully next time we talk, uh, because we're getting closer to the summer next year, we'll be talking about, did we really live through this? But uh, I hope everyone, uh, the quicker we get healthier and and safe, that'll be the best thing. But uh, take care and take care of your family. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show. And, you know, we're talking about COVID-19 or the coronavirus and what people are doing right now. A lot of them are just quarantined at home most of the time and are remembering the days of uh, what's happening. And so we have David on the line from the National Wildlife Federation. He's a spokesperson. Uh, David, thanks for calling. And you know what's interesting, David, when you talk about what's happening with the coronavirus and uh, COVID-19, we're just really all just trying to batten down the hatches in so many ways. But you're on the show today to give us some better ideas than just a lot of people are just staying in the house and really just uh, trying to survive and with the uncertainty right now. That's right. Well, one of the things that we're trying to get the message out about at the National Wildlife Federation for National Wildlife Week, which is something that we celebrate every year, celebrate, you know, people getting outside and experiencing nature, is that doing that is still something we can do during this pandemic. Number one, first and foremost, everybody needs to take all of the recommendations seriously about physical and social distancing. If you do go out, you know, you want to stay exactly. at least six feet away from people, follow all of those, um, those, those, those rules that we all really need to be doing right now. But you can step outside your door, right into your own yard, right into your own garden, right in your, your neighborhood. And there is nature all around us. And we know, and this is something that we've been talking a, a lot about at the National Wildlife Federation, how nature can actually help us get through these really tough times. I mean, just getting fresh air, hearing bird songs, seeing all the spring plants and flowers, that can actually calm our, our stress levels. Um, it's good for our health, especially when we're cooped up inside. And so for National Wildlife Week, we're doing something that we're calling the My Wildlife Challenge. And we're trying to get people to share pictures of themselves enjoying nature. And these could be pictures that you took you know, months or weeks ago, you don't necessarily have to go out um, and, and take a picture now. But um, just just sharing that that positive vibe out there with the world and 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 remembering how great nature is and how it can really help us. And so that's a, one of the big things that we're hoping everybody will do this week for National Wildlife Week. And they can upload those photos on the website, which is nationalwildlifeweek.nwf.org. 
And it's great. It's a great thing to get outside. You stay away and you definitely talk about social distancing. What have you learned, especially because of, you know, this, you're telling people to go out there and take pictures of the greatest, beautiful things that are around them in their regular wildlife of life. You know, what, what are you telling people that specifically enough, enough, uh, uh, you know, might not understand. They might just think that, you know what, we should just stay inside. We shouldn't go outside at all. Uh, you know, because th- this is what the governor says. It's a stay at home order. What based on this practice you're trying to tell people the practice makes it still safe. You still are p- practicing social distancing. Kind of explain that in more of uh, more explanation. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, again, the, w- w- uh, there's a misperception, I think, that that when you think about nature, that it's somewhere far away, that it's someplace that you have to travel to. And that's just not the case, even in the middle of the city. Just stepping outside your door into, you know, your own yard or on your own stoop, nature is there. You know, there are migratory birds crossing the country right now. And, you know, listen for them. Um, We've actually got some great resources to teach you bird songs with the National Wildlife Federation as well that you can find on our website. Um, You know, again, just walking your dog around the block could be an experience of connecting to nature. I mean, we all have to do that. And that's allowable. Again, Take seriously the physical distancing rules. Don't, you know, get within six feet of people, wear a mask if that makes you feel safer. All of those, you know, those tips that all of our science-based medical professional experts are telling us we need to do. Obviously, that is of utmost importance. But again, we know that when people get outdoors, see the blue sky, again, even if it's right outside their own door where there's no other people around, there really are health benefits, stress reduction benefits, and of course, just you know, the idea of getting to see and and smell and hear all of the sounds of nature and the sights of nature is actually very, um, it helps um, kind of revive our spirit, if you will. And that's really what we're trying to do during National Wildlife Week is get everybody a little bit of a, of, of a boost of, of good news and positivity because we could all use that right now. Oh, absolutely. We need that right now. And so the examples you're giving is phenomenal. Because again, it gives people this opportunity and to use the website as a tool, you know, social media is great, but this is a great way to get yourself known out there that's saying, Hey, we're living, let's all go outside, enjoy ourselves, especially as our family and just go in the backyard, right? It doesn't have to be, or, or a short walk. It doesn't have to be right. in a, like as a lot of parks are closed now. It doesn't have to be to a park where there's, they're not practicing social distancing, but really trying to show what life is like outside. That's right. And, you know, you mentioned families, too. I mean, I, so many people are just struggling having the kids at home, right? Parents have to be teachers now and and homeschooling and everything. And so, you know, you can you can kind of incorporate learning into your, your you know, your outdoor activity, again, in your own yard. And if you go to the National Wildlife Week website, you can just Google it as well. It's nationalwildlifeweek.nwf.org. In addition to the My Wildlife Challenge, where, again, you can share photos of you and your family out in nature and, and enter to win some cool prizes, we've also got a ton of other ways that you and your family can, again, kind of learn about nature, experience nature. We've, we've made all of our Ranger Rick magazine content available for free including educators guides and parent guides and even Spanish editions of our Ranger Rick Jr. You can l- find links to that all on our guard or on our, our national wildlife week website as well. So we're really trying to help everybody out there cope with the stress of, of everything that this pandemic means while at the same time, remembering that nature is, is out there and it can really help us get through it all. Yeah, no, that's, that's so important. 
we're going through those things. So let's go with, let's just say we're just going to venture in our backyard because you're such the, you're the expert when it comes to wildlife, the wildlife in our backyard, certain things so that we can give specific assignments and something that I could do with my kids and we could tag that as well. And is it this week or is it next week? We're recording today on Thursday. Is it the end of the week or is it start next week? It's it's April 6th through the 10th is, is the, are the official dates of national wildlife week. The my wildlife challenge um, is going on through April 30th. So again, that's where you upload pictures of yourself out in nature, enjoying it, or your favorite pictures of nature, and you can win a really cool outdoor fun prize packet that we're going to give out at, uh, early in May. But you know, you can do this at any time of the year, honestly. And one of my favorite things to do with kids, but anybody can do this, is a little nature scavenger hunt. So before you head outside, you can make a list of maybe five or 10 things, something like as simple as um, uh, you know, a, a flower, a uh, a brown leaf, a rock, uh, the call of a bird. You know, it doesn't have to be physical things that you pick up. And you make a little list, and you give everybody that list. And when you go out, again, this could be in your yard. It could be while you're just walking around the block, getting your exercise, walking your dog with the kids, whatever. And you know, maybe you have some prize. Maybe the winner, the person who who finds or or you know can check off as many of these things on the scavenger hunt list as possible, you know, they get some kind of little prize. Just a little, little uh, game like that can really reinforce things like observation skills um, in kids and get them, you know, kind of connected to nature around them. And that's really what this is all about. And again, that is good for grownups too. So hope everybody wants to go out and do that. I think so. And it's, it's fun thing because again, it's going to get bet nicer and nicer out, especially next week, hopefully even warmer. And we're all stuck in and quarantined, hopefully just till May, but who knows how long. And at least we're going to find activities that we can spend with our family that we don't have to drive far. We don't have to walk far. We could just do it right in our backyard and find different things to make it a lot of fun. That's right. And you know, another tip that I have is think about gardening. We've got a whole program called Garden for Wildlife that's all about planting the right things to attract the birds and the butterflies. And, you know, that's something to think about now, too, because even if you can't you know, go out to the garden center and buy stuff, you know, you can be planning, you know, what, oh, maybe I'm going to, you know, when all of this lifts, we're going to add a, you know, a, a butterfly garden. Now's a great time to be doing that. I'm just kind of thinking about planning, making plant lists and that kind of thing. You can still order seeds online. So if you... You know, you can if, say you want to start a, like just even a herb or vegetable garden. Now is a great time to do that. And and, you know, again, planting a garden is a, is, is a way of connecting with nature as well. Growing your own food. This could be an educational process for kids. You can start the seeds inside in little Dixie cups or something like that. So, you know, these are activities that we can do while we are all social distancing and while we're indoors um, you know, we can plan, we can mail order seeds, things like that. So that's something that I would encourage everybody to do as well right now. Really fun activity that'll have a reward on your dinner plate eventually. So, yeah. And the best place for all those ideas is at the website again. Give us the website again. Yeah. That's right. It's nationalwildlifeweek.nwf.org. And NWF is for National Wildlife Federation. And uh, tell us more about the organization. We've heard of it in so many ways, but kind of explain that between uh, the difference between, I guess, the WWF and this yep. and you guys. What's the difference? Yeah, the National Wildlife Federation is America's conservation organization. We've been around since 1936. We're one of the oldest and largest wildlife conservation and education groups that are out there. We focus here on America's wildlife. 
as opposed to some other groups that are working on a more global scale. But we, you know, we're fighting for strong and uh, wildlife protection laws. We're getting people connected to nature. We've been publishing Ranger Rick magazine for decades. We do a lot of work, again, to connect people to nature. We've got a fantastic program called Garden for Wildlife. So all sorts of different ways that we're working to, again, make sure that we have a future where we have healthy wildlife populations and where people can, you know, have a, a, you know, a wild world out there to go outside and enjoy. Fabulous. Well, I appreciate you coming by and chatting with us. I appreciate uh, the time and uh, thanks for coming on. I will definitely do this and we'll tag this and we'll put this in our photos and do the scavenger hunt as a family next week. So thanks for calling. Fantastic. Thanks for All having right, me. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show in the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program Tyler Labine and Jocko Sims of NBC's New Amsterdam. <laughs> Guys, thanks for calling. And uh, I want to go first to Jocko. How are you holding up during this uh, uh, pandemic? I mean, I guess we'll be telling everyone this story for years and years to come. How are you holding up with this coronavirus? Well, I'm doing uh, considerably well uh, compared to many of those out there. Um, I, I'm I'm in a nice apartment in, in in Manhattan. I'm not in the thick of the mess that's that's happening out there, um, but you know I'm doing my best to, to to do my part and make sure that the the, the nurses and doctors here locally have everything they need um, because that's where the uh, the real struggle is. Uh, we 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 have a lot of fun every time we talk to you neil but yeah the, the tone of this one w- would probably more than likely be a, a little bit different it, it's just such a different world out there nowadays a little more somber these days yeah absolutely tyler how are you holding up i'm good i'm uh, i'm up in my house in the mountains in california uh which is not meant to be any sort of brag i'm just saying it's nice to have a place to, to sort of feel away from all that i was in new york much like jocko up until about two weeks ago, and then I kind of had to get the heck out of there. Things were getting crazy, and uh, I'm here with my family, my wife, and my three kids, and we're we're lucky enough to have, uh, you know, rooms in my house and property, and we can be here together and coexist without driving each other nuts. But um, I feel very fortunate, yeah. And uh, we're all healthy so far, so good. Couple symptoms here and there, but everything's kind of just cleared out, and we're feeling we're feeling grateful. We basically, you guys, uh, especially you, Tyler, have to be a teacher now, right? Because your kids are being in the house, so it's an interesting thing to get used to, right? The whole yeah. homeschooling thing. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I've always been a teacher of sorts. I'm a bit of a sage, um, but I, my kids, my kids don't look at me as such. I'm more like the guy they climb on. I'm, I'm definitely their hop on pop. Uh, but I have been being sent the curriculum from school. And obviously, we live in a digital age, and my daughter, who's in a, a higher grade, uh, has these Zoom classes she can she can uh, dial in on with her class, which is trippy. Uh, and they send home these video packages of, of things that we can do with the kids and curriculum, and uh, it's been interesting. I, I'm kind of taking over as the arts teacher. I've, I've been trying okay. to form a family band. <laughs> oh, really, oh, really, really. I want to I hear some <laughs> tunes, man. <laughs> we're, called, we're, called the, we're called the Jamily. And uh, we're, trying, we're trying, to, trying to get them to play instruments every day. But, yeah, I've taken on a role as a, a part-time teacher with my wife. And uh, it's been really cool. It's been really, really neat helping uh, shape their little minds. 
it's so that's an interesting thing that people are all quarantined now they can tune in and catch up to new amsterdam if they never had time their their schedules are so busy so jocko how is your character without spoiling things because i you know like we like could go and just summarize the whole season but then the people that have not watched the show that want to and maybe have watched a few episodes miss out and they could go to nbc.com to check up and catch up on everything but how is your character developed i always like talking about that because that doesn't spoil anything but it shows specifically how you've developed since the show started yeah you know as reynolds it seemed that he kind of figured that he had everything together uh in one way or another but uh you know slowly things i wouldn't say that they were falling apart but just sort of taking a turn here. He, he was going to get married to the woman of his dreams. And then, you know, a, a wrench was thrown in the situation when she got that job offer in San Francisco. Now, what do you do? Do we, do we uh, break off the marriage and, and, and stay married to my career here in New York? This hospital needs me. Oh, wait, we find out that the hospital doesn't need me. And I'm a dinosaur <laughs> here because Bloom pointed out that, you know, everyone else would have operated differently in a particular situation, but you, you're always playing by the book. And for, and for Reynolds, that was a turning point. And, and he realized, gosh, maybe I need to move on. Maybe this is an opportunity for me to start a new life with my new wife on the West Coast. So, um, you know, it's, it's been an interesting trajectory to play the character uh, and, and to dive into this uh, tumultuous situation with the relationship and the relationship with the hospital, uh, it's just been a, a, a joy to play. How about you, Tyler, your I'm character, back. your character's growth since um, the beginning of the show? Yeah, it's been really fun. I just I would like to say that the complexities that they throw at Reynolds and that Jocko deals with so uh, deftly is like, I don't know how many people realize just how difficult of a role Jocko has and how hard his character is to play because he's so smooth at playing it. It is not easy. They ask him to do everything from being funny to being super dramatic to being strong to being uh, willful to being vulnerable. It's, it's, a, it's he's really a joy to watch. And, and your check is in the mail, my friend. There you go. Good. Okay, so moving on from that. <laughs> um, why don't my, no, but seriously. But my character, uh, Iggy, has been um, really, really uh, an interesting journey for me and for the character. But really, from the beginning, I, I, don't, I, I don't think I knew what this character was going to be. I don't think they knew what Iggy was going to be. Um, so it's been a really fun journey full of lots of twists and turns. And um, The fact that they are willing to open him up more and, and show more of his personal life was really fulfilling for me as an actor because... I think the main function of Iggy was to sort of serve as this sounding board for people who are feeling uh, possibly at home who have issues that they don't feel comfortable talking about. And it was a way to make people feel more comfortable and relate, relate to somebody. Uh, and everyone wants a therapist that listens, right? So that was fun to play. Uh, very different for me. But then once they started opening up Iggy and his personal life, I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. So it's been a really fun challenge as an actor and they keep piling it on and there's more and more with the disordered eating this season and uh, with him trying to adopt a son without telling his husband and uh, a lot of really interesting red flags coming up for Iggy and uh, a lot of really personal stuff coming up for me about the disordered eating and food, food disorders. So it's been really fun, really crazy journey and I'm, I'm excited to do three more seasons. 
Hey, that's fantastic, and congrats on the success of the show. And I think that especially healthcare workers and different people, if they want to catch up and see there's drama going on in New Amsterdam, not just how awesome they're doing and helping and saving lives all over the world, healthcare workers. If they want to tune in and say, okay, at least my life is not as crazy as this life sometimes every day, tune in to New Amsterdam, but all the fans as well see to really honor the healthcare profession, tune into New Amsterdam on NBC.com. So I appreciate you guys calling, catch up to all the of the season, and uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you guys again. So thanks again for calling. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, take care. So much. All right, see you guys. Bye bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Media Network's Dr. Christopher Hall Show. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Dr. Christopher Hall. Dr. Hall, how are you? Again, as an emergency room doctor, I wanted to ask the question, how are things going with the coronavirus, especially when there are more cases in Alabama? I hope you're staying safe, and thank you for your service. Definitely no problem. And uh, we're certainly buying all the precaution in here in the emergency room and uh, and so, actually, uh, we have things under a pretty control, and things are going good. So I'm just glad we have such an exciting, inspirational guest, again, to lift the spirits of America during this time. Oh, the whole world, for sure. So go ahead and introduce our guest. Well, sure, no, no problem. Well, I'm very excited to introduce a very inspirational figure, um, an individual who is a man that symbolizes the heart and soul of Philadelphia, a veteran actor in a film and television the well-known ring announcer for the BattleBots and the host of the new series this Saturday morning, The Roots Less Travels. I'd like to introduce Mr. Farik Tahi. Welcome to the show, Farik. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, Farouk, I appreciate you coming on as well. And let's talk about how you're holding up during the coronavirus. You're out in Philly still, or are you in L.A.? Uh, no, I'm out, I'm out in L.A. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, uh, my wife and I actually, we uh, probably miss being uh, locked in into Italy probably about 12 hours. We, by the time we landed, we left March 9th out of Italy, uh, landed in LA, LA, and found out that uh, they had shut, this, shut the country down. So we were about 12 hours away from uh, being stuck in Italy. But we're back home, we self quarantined, and everybody's healthy and safe. All right, uh, Dr. Hall, first question for Rook. Mm-hmm. Well, no, well, no problem. Um, well, Farouk, um, you know, this is kind of an inspirational show for young people. And, um, and so sometimes we'd like to kind of start off talking about your background. And I know that you come from a very humble background. And so tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in Philadelphia, which is a pretty tough city, and around, say, 72nd in Agant area. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, man. I grew up, I grew up in Philadelphia. Spent most of my years uh, in West Oak Lane, seventy second Oak Ave, like you heard, Uber uh, Street. Uh, but you know, my 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 upbringing was very unique, and I'm saying unique to in comparison to today's times. Um, you know, we grew up on a on a block. It was a two way street, but it was only you know enough room for one car to go up and down at a time. Uh, but we had anywhere from thirty. We had about thirty kids anywhere from the ages of four to sixteen that grew up on my block. And so we were always outside, always playing, a lot of fun, a lot of time in the street. Um, and that's what led my mom to put me into Freedom Theater, starting acting school to get me off the street uh, so that I wouldn't, you know, fall victim to the streets and, and, you know, a lot of things that can go on out there. 
And that's that's a, that's that's such an a, an important thing to have a great family background to help you through, especially if you're in a difficult environment. Ways that they kind of uh, mold you. What what kind of advice do they offer? Or different things as parents for you, your family, to, to keep you away from some of the real bad things that were going on. I mean, my my mom, you know, she did the best she could do. Um, you know, she was one of the moms that was always working. You know, we had, she had three boys by the time she was 24 years old and uh, with me being the oldest. So, you know, while there was a lot of, you know, definitely, you know, bringing, bringing us up and raising us, you know, we, we just, I learned a lot. I learned a lot by being out from other people, running around the streets. Uh, you know, when they say it takes a village, it really did take a village um, to raise me. I've had so much help from all my teachers and mentors at Freedom Theater. Uh, to fill in the gaps as well as my high school teachers and uh, a lot of other um, friends and family uh, that have helped bring me up. So it wasn't too much, you know, direct one-on-one, but just a lot of, just a lot of love really just to keep me going and keep me focused. All right, Dr. Hall, next question for Farouk. Wow. That's incredible. Well, Farouk, uh, I see it looks like we went, you actually went to the Philadelphia high school of creative arts and, uh, performing arts, which was awesome, and ended up going to college there in Manhattan. So tell us a little bit about uh, your college experience and how that influenced you, what you're doing today. You know, you know, one thing that's, one thing that's crazy and perplexes me to this day is how I, how I even got into this business and how I became an actor. Because when my mom put me into Freedom Theater back when I was like 13 years old, she said, look, if you don't like it, you don't have to go, but I want you to try something new. That was my mom's thing. Always try something new. Don't knock it until you try it. That was her famous thing. And so I was like, all right, I'm going right. to try the freedom theater thing, try the acting thing. Went and did that. Um, this was my eighth grade before I went to high school. And when I was done, I said, you know what, mom? I don't want to go anymore. I don't like it. I want to play basketball. And I, I, I tried out for two basketball teams that year, that summer. Made them both. But my mom, being the mom she is, and this is how moms work, they know it's best, right? So she applied for a scholarship to that Freedom Theater School behind my back. I didn't know about it. They granted me the full scholarship, and she said, you know what? You're not playing basketball. You're going back here because it's free. So that's what she's going to go do. And uh, she made me go do that. She made me go do that. And then I went to high school for acting. Um, Loved that experience. My high school experience was unlike anybody else's experience. Um, If you did not go to performing arts high school, um, it wasn't it wasn't like um, fame. It wasn't like people up and dancing down the hall. Well, sometimes it was, but um, you know it was it was really geared towards the theater and the arts. And then going to school uh, in college, in Marymount Manhattan College, we actually had twelve people that graduated from my high school that also from my class that also went to that school. Um, so it was really like taking a little piece of high school up to New York City with us, and um, that experience was amazing um, in both high school and college. I actually was almost like a double major. I was acting and I was also dancing as well. Um, and then my last se- my senior year of college, I got to go to London and study for four months over in London, study acting over there. And then after I graduated from college, I moved to L.A. Let's see. And let's talk about, again, acting and especially the theater. Uh, what is your favorite form of, of doing it? Television, television? Uh, uh, movies or the theater, especially if you're going for acting, because you're going to have to learn how to act on stage. And that's like the first step in an actor's career, especially if they go for that, the creative arts in that way. Absolutely. I mean, there are, 
they are definitely three completely different entities. Everything from uh, everything that I do, from theater to TV to film to even voiceovers and hosting, they're all so different. I love them all. As long as I'm blessed to be able to do either one of them, I'm very happy. Uh, yeah, my foundation is in theater. And like with theater, one of the things I learned when you do come to L.A. and you do try to do TV and film, theater, everything's bigger, right? Everything's bigger because you got to be able to exactly. reach not only the front row, but you got to reach everybody in the back, too, especially depending on what size theater you're, you're playing in. So everything's bigger. But when you do TV and film, you learn everything's small. It's minimal. It's, you know, your facial expressions aren't as big. Your voice isn't as big. And, you know, me, I, I, I kind of got a big voice, so I really had to temper that a lot. But um, as, long, as long as I'm out here doing my thing and I'm able to do anything in entertainment, like I said, whether it's voiceovers, hosting, TV, film, or theater, I'm, I'm in love. That's fantastic. Dr. Hall, next question. Wow, that's certainly incredible. Well, you know, for uh, it looks like, yeah, I mean, you're obviously very successful, multi-talented. And um, so you look like you're, not, uh, you're doing a lot of hosting now. Tell us a little bit about the difference, say, between um, acting and then being more like a, like a host. What's a, what do you prefer? Indeed. Um, you know, one, when you talk about hosting, I'm being myself. I get to be myself. I'm Farouk Saeed. I'm no other name. I'm no other character. I just bring what I bring. I bring my energy, exactly. my, my wit, whatever else. So I get to be myself, you know? Um, and when I'm doing TV and film, then that's when I got to do a little bit more research, do some diving into being different characters and playing somebody else. Both are fun. Um, you know, when I moved to L.A., I moved out here to do TV and film. That's what I moved out here to do. I went to school in New York. Broadway, Broadway wasn't going to work for me because I cannot sing to save my life or anybody else's. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so I had to go to LA and uh, I moved out here to do on camera TV and film and just being out here for a while, I picked up hosting and I picked up going to voiceovers and now those, that's what I do the most. And I, and I love hosting. Um, I got to do a game show called the noise, which was on, um, universal kids, um, TV network. And I, I just, I just love everything about hosting and I, and I really want to do so much more of it in my career. And I think that, as you said, it's your voice. It's what you do. And I kind of have a kind of parallel story in a way. I was a professional wrestler that then got involved in the media afterwards. And I didn't like pro wrestling because I had to live a certain character, not be myself. And then when I'm myself, I just feel at home interviewing people. I just feel it just feels like second nature. I just can go. And the difference when you you're acting as a is an actor or as a professional wrestler, you have to play some certain persona. If you don't feel that's the persona, it's truly you. It kind of grades on you at times and you really don't sound as natural as when we perform when we perform on a stage like hosting something because you're really, truly being who you are. Right. Absolutely, absolutely, and just like what you're saying, like you know, if you if you're working on a character, you're doing a character, and maybe that, like you said, that character isn't as fulfilling anymore, or you know, sometimes you know you have you have like like first you look at Dwayne Johnson, right? He was The Rock, yep. and yep. you know he's he's been he's been The Rock for years. You know, even even my name, you know, it was there was a guy uh, named Farouk, and once once that wrestler came out named Farouk, that's when everybody was able to say my name. From that point on, everybody was able to say it pretty easy. But, um, yeah, you, you know, you can get tired of a character sometimes, and it can be draining sometimes to go to work. But when you – hopefully you never get tired of being yourself. And, you know, as long as you get to be yourself, you can go out there and be a host and keep doing your thing. It's all good. 
And as I remember, that's Ron Simmons. He was the first ever African-American heavyweight champion in WCW back in the day. Ron Simmons that worked as Farouk. Never got the, I wrestled the nation in domination, but it was crushing Savia Vega. Never and never got uh, to get in the ring with uh, Ron Simmons, but but I've been able to get in the ring with a lot of guys. But that was an interesting gimmick. But you're right. That's how they remembered Farouk from there. And you definitely have that persona. Why never professional wrestling, Farouk? Did anyone ever? come to you and say hey you should be a pro wrestler absolutely not no i i uh i was the the, the pro wrestling thing I, you know i grew up watching it you know saturday mornings watching wrestling growing up you know i'm, I'm old school with it you know hulk hogan junkyard dog Jimmy i like Superfly, that yeah, yeah, yeah you know I'm, I'm old school with it i miss the old school wrestling i love a lot of the new stuff now um i've been to a lot of wwe events and uh live and it's, it's amazing i even got a chance um, even working on my, my new show, uh, Roots Must Travel, we went to Mexico City, which is where our first um, episode is going to be uh, talking about. And we actually went to, within two hours of landing, I was at uh, uh, Mucha Libre, Lucha Libre uh, wrestling oh. matches, oh, wow. watching live. It was super, super amazing, super entertaining, so much fun. And the passion there was super, super amazing. All right. So, okay, Dr. Hall, next question. Exactly. And so, you know, Philadelphia, definitely a historical city. I mean, the Constitution signed there, the uh, Declaration of Independence is signed there. And so, yeah, let's move and talk a little bit more about um, your new show, The uh, Roots Less Traveled. And it's just so interesting that you're from such a historical city. And so now you're going to, you're, 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 um, hosting a show about, about history, about people's roots. And so tell us a little bit about that. How important is that, a person's history, to what they would do in the future and in, in their life? You know, one one of the things that I learned on this show um, is about family history, of course, because that's what we deal with. We take six members uh, of a family. A lot of times there is a generation gap, right, uh, younger and older uh, relatives, and we bring them together, and we take them around the, around the world, around the country, and help them discover their ancestry, whether it's myths and legends about their ancestry. You know, we got we got stories that we're going to talk about, whether or not a family member really had a member on the Titanic, or whether or not a family member really met John F. Kennedy and worked with John F. Kennedy, all kinds of good stuff. Um, but, but doing this show, it, it really gave me insight on how your family history and your DNA is embedded throughout your entire your entire ancestry line, throughout your entire family history, because you you get to you get to learn that people, your family, your relatives, they were doing some of the things and have some of the same passions that you may have had you have now. So whether whatever career you chose or whatever drives you, whatever your passions are, I've, I've learned that it's it's like in our DNA. Sometimes our four times and three times great grandfathers or great grandmothers were doing the same thing or had that same kind of initiative. And then you really learn why you do what it is that you do. That's why I'm really excited to do my own uh, family history and go back and see, okay, who, how did I become an actor? Why do I like being in front of the screen and, and performing for people? And who in my family history did that? Because it's in my DNA to, to, to be in front of the camera and be, be performing. So that's, that's, how you, that's what you learn. You learn a lot of purpose when you discover your family history. And Farouk, there's a lot of shows like this. What makes this show different compared to the other ones, going back? What makes this show different is that, number one, 
uh, we're dealing with everyday people. A lot of the other shows dealt with celebrities. Some of these shows also dealt with everyday people. But we're dealing with two, two family members. Uh, the dynamic of having two family members that are that are different. Um, like I said, whether it's whether it's an age thing, generational thing, or you know whether it's um, you know you have a, a, a aunt and a, and a nephew who may not get the chance to see each other because they live in different parts of the country. Um, and we get to bring them together and they get to learn not only about each other, but share this experience. This is a shared experience. It's a fun experience. It's an adventure. And this is what, that's what Roots Less Traveled has more than any other, other, uh, more than any of the other shows. Okay. Go ahead, Dr. Hall. Next question. Well, incredible. Very incredible. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, uh, tell us a little bit about just in general, making it in Hollywood, we hear that you have to be pretty tough, kind of tough skin. Um, and so tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Hollywood, uh, L.A., it's a different animal. It's a different beast. You get, they say probably like a million people uh, move here every year, uh, every year or two trying to be into this industry, whether it's, whether it's, acting, whether it's directing, singing, modeling, whatever it is, anything in entertainment and celebrity, a lot of people come here for that. And you just got to kind of, you know, there, there are success stories where, you know, there are overnight success. And then you have stories where people do sleep in their cars and, you know, before they can make it. And um, I never had to sleep in my car, but, you know, I've, I've had the days where I didn't know where my next check, check was coming from. I had the times where I was living paycheck to paycheck. I uh, got to work this Friday night double so I can make my rent. Um, and so you really, really out here, what I've seen over the years is that you got you to gotta be thick-skinned, like you said, and you got to have that longevity. You, you stick it out, believe in yourself, um, network, do whatever you can. And I think most importantly, one of the things that I did that helped me out was I wasn't afraid to learn new things. Um, like I said, I moved out here to be on camera, TV, and film, but I be became a host and started doing voiceovers, and now that's, that's my main bread and butter. Um, so, yeah, you really got to come out here. You got you to gotta not be afraid to learn different things, do, do different things. Maybe being on camera may not be the first thing that you – maybe the first thing that you want to do, but you never know. It might be a space for you in directing or writing or, or even being a, a director of photography. So just come out here, learn, and, and just stay strong. I have so many people that I moved out here with that aren't here anymore, and you know it's, it's, it's you know it's, it's a blessing and it's, and it's a curse, you know, to be out here in the Hollywood. But you gotta you gotta stay strong. Now, talk about your experience on BattleBots and uh, being th that show again. Used to be, am I right? Used to be on ABC, right? Now it's on Discovery, right? My, yeah, yeah. When it when it when it when we came back for the reinvention of it, uh, I want to say about four or five years ago. Uh, yeah, we were on ABC for the first two seasons. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so you co-host with somebody with BattleBots, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Well, BattleBots, BattleBots is BattleBots is more like a more like a sport entity. I would say it's definitely more like more like a a, a wrestling event, a professional wrestling event, right? Uh, you got your commentator and your analyst, uh, and then you had your ring announcer, and I'm pretty much the BattleBots ring announcer. So, doing that is is just an amazing, amazing time. Really, just the perfect job for me, you know. When you, when you come out to Hollywood, you come out and you're looking for a job, you're looking for a job that fits you, one that, that really gets to show who you are and where you get to really live in it. And that's what I feel about BattleBots. It's a perfect job for me. Um, we're on our new home on Discovery for the last few seasons. It's been an amazing time there. Uh, we hope to bring you our fifth season uh, once 
you know, we get through all the isolation and, and everybody being safe at home and we're able to go back out. We hope to bring you our fifth season on Discovery. Um, but it's, it's really just been perfect. I mean, I, I get to go out there and be as silly as I want to be, as crazy as I want to be, as fun as I want to be, and it's really one of the best jobs I've ever had. That's great, and that and it's really a popular show. So uh, again, uh, Doctor Hall, he's on pretty. It seems like this next show coming up again is going to be great. He's a perfect fit, but again, with BattleBots and the commentating, that's right up his alley for sure. Doctor Hall, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we know this is going to be a success. I mean, he's very, very inspirational. Uh, Obviously, a hard worker and a great example, really, for 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 young people who are, who are growing up and uh, come from a tough background, like myself. Indeed, Dr. Hall, I really I really appreciate that. Um, you know, one of, one of the things when I look back on my life, you know, a lot of times I look and I see how did I get here, and really it's just been through you know just a lot of blessings and just being in the right place at the right time, knowing the right people, and and really it's really about relationships. You know, this new show that I'm doing, Ruthless Travel, is really about relationships. And that's why that's why it's one of the reasons why it's so different, because we're bringing two people together um, that really either don't get to spend much time together or, like I said, because of the generational gap. And it's just it's just really been amazing. And this show is going to be so cool for the entire family because it's in that educational and informational space uh, on network TV where everybody has, you know, you got to have some, some educational programming. And this programming is going to be the best because, you you want to get the you want to want to you're going to be encouraged to, to to learn about your family history and not only that you're also going to get a lot of great personal journeys and get to learn some historical information as well. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be super great. I'm super excited about it and, and I just can't say enough about Ruthless Travel. It's going to be an exciting. So time where we're, really when when do we tune in on this? Uh, I think Dr. Hall mentioned Saturdays. Is that correct? Is yes. That, yes. Is it Saturdays diff- uh, starting in a couple days here April fourth. Um, on NBC, so it's, I see on the East Coast the schedule start at 9 a.m. Everybody check their local listing uh, for NBC. Set your DVRs and get ready for the journey of a lifetime. It's going to be amazing. So tell us a little right. quickly before we let you go. How has it been the media tour for this? It's exciting working with NBC again. Shout outs to Christine Garner, who I work with all the time. She's phenomenal over at NBC Universal. Uh, I do a lot of tours with them, but. Uh, tell us specifically this experience. Again, you had BattleBots experience, but this experience in general of you being the host now and the show—it's got to be—it's got to be a whirlwind, right? Of different media and all this stuff coming up for you. Absolutely, and and it's definitely a different time with with all, with everything going on right now. Um, it's definitely been a lot of phone interviews, a lot of Skype interviews, um, not so much in-person stuff, of course, as everybody is uh, staying safe at home. But this it's just been the world when it's been great to get out there and talk about it, talk with you guys and talk to other media outlets and just be able to let them know about the show. I mean, I'm, I'm really, really passionate about this show because I really, really believe in family history and, and, and what, what it can do for someone. Um, I know for me, myself, you know, before I got this show, I was, you know, I was kind of a little bit in a dark space trying to figure out what I want to do with my life, where am I going, what my purpose is. And I, and I promise you, this is, this is real. One week before I got the call for this show, um, I was I, I told my wife, I woke up, and I woke up with the word, and I said, for the family, for the family. That's what my purpose is. I want to do shows and do content and, and be That's involved great. with projects 
that are for families, where families can come together, bring families together. I'm a huge family person. I just I just set up a, a Zoom session with 20 of my family members that are all back in Philly now, and they all loved it. We had a great time. But this 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 show is just really about family. And um, one week later, after I, I woke up with that purpose in my mind, one week later, I got the call about this show, and then I booked this show. And, and the crazy thing about that, another thing that doesn't really happen in Hollywood a lot, I didn't even audition for this show. They know your talent, man, wow. and congrats on that. And and, that, and th- I'm glad to hear again that maybe they're not going to have you guys travel as much anymore. Maybe they'll do Skype interviews and all that stuff and not have to go to the physical studios and travel right. from New York to L.A. back and forth because, oh, we want you all in one physical space to connect with people on TV all over the place while they could just connect via Zoom. This might change things in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And, Absolutely, because it's going yeah. to show you what we can do. All these things we could have been doing all this time. You know, especially like, you know, a lot of people are really starting to talk to more family members and everything. We could have been doing this the entire time. So this time is really a time to sit back and reflect and say, okay, what can we do with what we have and how can we make the best of it? And that's, that's, that's what I'm getting out of this time. And Farouk, I want to tell you uh, Dr. Hall's story because, again, you're into this. Dr. Hall was a ward of the state and uh, basically was in the... Uh, you know, really had criminal activity when he was young and he turned everything around, went to the military and he's an emergency room doc and also wrote a book, Dr. Hall. Explain that real quick to Farouk, your book. Oh, no problem. Yeah. So the book kind of details my life from growing up in Watts, California and in Compton and placed in the foster home at age four and boys home and and juvenile hall. And I was a bad kid. And so the book details turning myself around as a young black male in the city and uh, what it takes uh, for guys really like myself and like you to be successful. Absolutely, man. Congratulations to you. Uh, you know, as they say, for, for, for beating the odds, as they say, um, you know, and, not, and, and really, really not become, becoming a, a different type of statistic. Um, that's, that's, that's really awesome. And props to you, Dr. Hall. That's an amazing story. He's he's an amazing story. You're an amazing story. Everyone needs to tune in to Roots uh, Less Traveled on NBC every Saturday. Check your local listings. I appreciate you coming by, Farouk, and uh, best of luck, and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much, guys. You guys stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, prayers up to you and your family, and thanks for all your listeners. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate it. We appreciate you. Take care. Okay, see ya. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, guys, that was the Dr. Christopher Hall Show, everybody. We're back to the Neil Haley Show in the Total Celebrity segment, and I'm excited to welcome the program David Fry of the Beverly Hills Dog Show. David, thanks for calling. Well, actually, we are we didn't quite get the 2020 show finished. We didn't finish the uh, the post production stuff, so we are re airing uh, on this Sunday uh, the 2019 show uh, from Beverly Hills. So uh, we'll get the we'll get to the 2020 show later in the in the spring in the summer. And but in the meantime, we're sort of like Groundhog Day. We're revisiting the 2019 show and, and airing that on this Sunday, which is fun. And one of the people that made it fun uh, and her four-legged companion here is Taffy McFadden. Taffy's from uh, Campo, uh, California, which is up in the San Jose area. But this is her wonderful companion, Bono, uh, a Havanese. And, uh, and somebody, somebody's throwing something at Taffy. We're going to tell you about Bono and why Bono's so special. All right, David, I was surprised about that. I guess I was reading it wrong. And so that's the surprise, surprise that you weren't able to get it. But I'm sure it's going to happen later once we get through this. David, I'm going to let Taffy have that question. But how are you holding up with this whole coronavirus? You're holding up at home and everything and handling everything? 
are holding up at home. We live down uh, on the Oregon coast in Cannon Beach, Oregon, and we actually, it's a resort town, but we've actually shut the town down. Uh, there's no hotels, no stores, no businesses, uh, all non-essentials. So we've got a few restaurants that are still doing to-go food, and uh, a few of the, my bank is open and the market is open, and, uh, and that's great. They're all within a block of me, so we've got that going for us. But nonetheless, um, our thoughts and prayers are with a lot of our friends all over the country who are fighting battles everywhere. So uh, God bless them all and, and keep washing those hands. All right, Taffy. So go ahead and tell us about Bono and tell us about that experience last year that we'll be re-airing again without spoiling everything. So you can root for him and say, hey, oh, well, I know who's going to win. And really. But uh, yeah, tell us about your story. Yeah, you could even place money on it, really. <laughs> um, this is Bono. And Bono um, is here to celebrate um, the Beverly Hills Dog Show with David and myself. Um, he is a heavenly. And we are um, coming to you to help promote the wonderful dog show at Beverly Hills, where two-legged stars and four-legged stars get to mingle. So, Taffy, what was the experience like winning last year? I mean, especially the Beverly Hills. It's a different atmosphere than the other dog show, for sure, that's known on Thanksgiving, but this one. What was the experience like, you know, thinking of Hollywood and the kind of people that are excited to watch this, that all have dogs, especially in Hollywood, that couldn't wait to watch the show and be part of that competition? Well, as David well knows, we think stars have four legs, too. Um so it was kind of fun for Bono to be able to um, to win at such a prestigious dog show. Um, it, it's just they do such a beautiful job of the dog show, and they make it really fun for the exhibitors and for the dogs. Um, it's just it's one of the class acts of the dog show world. So, David, it's star-studded always every year for the different shows that you are a part of. But what about the star-studded of the dogs, David? Kind of explain that relationship you have with the competitors and the winners at the at the final circle, the relationship you have with them, David. Explain that for well, our listeners. Yeah, It's a wonderful family sport, first of all, and, and who's a better example of it than Taffy McFadden? She and her husband, Bill, are, are the class of our of our sport in terms of their talents and and as people as well, but they're, they're second generation dog show people. Their, their kids are growing up in the dog show world too. So uh, we have a, a, a lot of fun seeing that continuity through the years of all these people. Oh my God, you're Taffy and Bill's son, Connor. It's uh, great to have you here with us. And, and so we have a great time with that. And, and we also get a kick out of at the Beverly Hills dog show, having the celebrities come down, you know, it's, it's a red carpet event. We literally have a red carpet in our, in our final ring, and and uh, and the celebrities are there. You know, they're used to have being the persons who are fond over, but uh, they come to our dog show, and and their kids come along with them, and they're all looking at the dogs. They don't care about who the stars are, and and some of us adults are looking at the stars. You know, my wife says, "Oh my God," he says, "That's Jacko. I know him from uh, New Amsterdam." <laughs> so we have fun. Uh, there's Mario Lopez, and Mario's got his kids there, and they're wearing French bulldog T-shirts. And their kids are talking about who's the cutest dog there, they called it. So, and so it's great fun on, on, all, uh, on all fronts. And uh, it's, it's fun to see that dogs cross all lines. They're, they're not just for us, the, the non-celebrities, but they're for uh, celebrities as well. And they make every, 
everybody's life great, and, and that's the great thing that we have going for us in our sport that we're able to advocate for purebred dogs and, and all dogs, really, which is a celebration of all the dogs in our lives. So yeah. we're happy to be able to bring that Absolutely. to the world. And I think this is a perfect time to re-air the show because of the fact that everyone is really uh, needing that companionship being stuck quarantined most of the country taffy and you understand the now how a lot of people are, are, are adopting dogs at this point in time